0: Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is The Pastor's Table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The Pastor's Table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Rev. Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom.
1: Welcome to The Pastor's Table. I am Tara Beth Leach.
2: And I am Mark Quanstrom. And uh, we are returning to conversations with pastors after a couple of summer episodes, special Mm -hmm. episodes on women in ministry, on the nature of pastoral ministry from the uh, Seminary Now course. And we get emails, and we can't read all the emails that we receive, but we did get permission uh, from one of our listeners who emailed um, after Brian Zahn's uh, interview, uh, Brian Zahn, as you know, uh, pastored one church for 30-odd 30, 30 years and went through mountains and valleys. I think it was valleys. 40 years. 40 years, yeah, probably. Yeah, I it's know. 40 years. 40 years. yeah. Um, and not every pastor stays in one charge their whole life, mm-hmm. uh, but he did. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I just like to start the, this podcast uh, with permission from the sender, uh, the email he sent. And I think a lot of us, a lot of folk will be able to identify with it. He wrote, I appreciate the latest episode. Why stay? I've listened and re-listened several times. One of the key takeaways was assurance. That, at least for me, I did the right thing by remaining in one church in place for so long. Mm -hmm. Since 1989, when I became the lead pastor. After I became the lead pastor, the church shrank from around 450 to 170 in about six months. And nine staff to two staff, counting me. People left because they were either A, tired of pastoral transitions and I was the fifth pastor in so many years. That's that's tough. Or B, they didn't like it because I didn't have the right education from the right seminary. Or C, they didn't like my wife. She's Asian. I'm Caucasian. Or D, they didn't like my style of teaching. Since that time, the church has grown and shrunk, grown and shrunk. Mm-hmm. We grew from 170 people to 800 people, then shrank from to. From that to about 420 people, then COVID hit, and we shrank by half. Now the church is around 300 total. One of the greatest challenges here has been leaders who live for the KPIs. I learned that acronym from Reverend Terabeth Leach here. One of our leaders said to me once in an elder meeting during a shrinking time, quote-unquote shrinking time, that he was disappointed in me because I didn't act and lead like a CEO, implying that the church was not prospering like it would if I was an effective CEO type and I responded that that was because I am not a CEO. I'm a pastor and that I have no desire to be a CEO because I'm a pastor. But in the area in which I pastor, that's how a lot of leaders think. By 2013 I was hurting so bad I resigned to the elders after my wife and I had a conversation with them and shared our hearts, asked us to stay. And we did. I sometimes doubt if that was the right decision but I stayed. I'm at that place again, post COVID that I'm praying about whether to stay or leave time will tell the years 2020 to 2022 were the hardest years for everyone. All that to say your podcast is so helpful. I look forward to listening to future episodes and pass some of the lessons on to others. He then quotes lyrics from a uh, Christian song, a city, a light song. And then he writes I suppose we stay because Christ stays. We love his body, even if we get beat up by people and songs like uh, this song that I just quoted have helped me that and Henry Nowen. Please pray for me. I am praying for both of you, Mm. which was an incredibly sweet thing to say. So um, I emailed him, Chaz emailed him and asked permission to share this. And then I corresponded with him again, thanking him for his contribution. So, yeah, it's not uh, it's it's not uh, an ascending attendance graph for most of us. It's being faithful to the church we're at and watching. I mean, just tending to our folk. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that for that email. Thank you for communicating with us.
1: And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, we have the Reverend Dr. Marshall Hatch. Uh, Marshall. (laughs) He is a professor at Northern Seminary. In fact, one of my professors, I had you for pastoral ethics, which remains today one of my favorite classes. Uh, When he walked in the door today, it was a little bit like, you know, that when you have a professor and it's like, they're in my house, oh my goodness, (laughs) he's here. Um, Because I still quote Dr. Marshall Hatch all the time. Um, There were so many things that I gleaned from his class and his wisdom. Um, Dr. Marshall Hatch is also a pastor uh, in the city of Chicago, which we are going to hear more about. Um, He has been a shepherd at this church for almost 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. Tell tell us about your church.
0: It's the New Mount Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, and, and it's so good to be here, Terry Beth. I want everybody to know that I saw the promise and Terry Beth early oh. on, and knew that she would be.
1: <laughs> I told him he says that to all the students. <laughs> not so.
0: I, I knew she would be impactful in ministry, and so I'm, I'm delighted mm. to be here. Yeah, th- this is uh, this is my 30th year at New Mount Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, and uh, I'm the fourth pastor, and and you know just excited about being a part of something that is institutional and ongoing, and and you know doing my part of the stewardship of, of, uh, of that of that uh, congregation and and together for me though it's been 38 and a half years. My wife and I we were at our first church. I was 26 years old uh, so we we're there for eight eight and a half years and so it has been an incredible journey. Mm. And my father pastored a church on the west side, mm. not either of those churches for 42 continuous mm. years. Oh uh, wow he was 52 when i was born and so it's it's quite a legacy that uh, that i've inherited in the inner city the urban part of the west side of chicago and my heart really um, went out when i heard that uh, the pastor's letter that you just read mm-hmm. just um,
2: you want to comment you know, on it?
0: i really appreciate yeah i you know it's my heart goes out i you know i, I love pastors i understand the call and um, The ebb and flow that uh, that he described is really uh, the norm. Mm -hmm. I think that those of us that have been around and have seen the transitions in the culture, you know, because we pastor in a culture Mm -hmm. and and the culture has changed in many ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so how to be the church in the changing culture. And uh, so one of the things that I always try to, that, that I've processed, is that I refuse to let the culture turn me into a marketer.
2: Wow. You know, where
0: I'm, you know, and, and using the world standard of, of success, of yep. measurables. Yep. Um, I re- I refuse, for example, even covert coming all the way through. Thank God, you know, people are, are back uh, in significant numbers, and and we've in many ways prospered through it. But uh, I refuse to take on the burden as if it's my job to get people to come to church.
2: Wait, wait wow. a minute. No, no, yeah. it, no, <laughs> it, it. All I have heard for thirty years, forty years. Was it is my job to get people to come to church? That's the market. I... And now we've put in the people in the
0: driver's seat. So it's no longer about God. It's about whether I like you. I like this church. Whether or not I choose to come here and whether or not you could get me to choose to come here. That's a totally different dynamic than, than uh, you know, the gospel being the primary um vocation of the church altogether you know that's not my job
1: can you say it louder for those in the back
0: (laughs) well I'm gonna tell you something (laughs) honestly coming out of COVID because in conversations with people and then of course you know but so much of the youth culture but I found out whatever success is that I've had more I, I had more of a response by not taking that tack by not absorbing that oh, burden, that it's my yeah. job to put people, and I can't take that on. That's too much.
2: No, if someone comes to the church, it's because of us, and if someone leaves the church, it's because of us. Isn't that what? Isn't that kind of? No, the,
0: we're doing ministry, and it's not my church. If I thought it was mine, I couldn't sleep at night.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if
0: I thought it was my job to make it go. I couldn't have lasted
2: this long. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say that one of the reasons you've been able to stay at that church. It's because you have refused to own responsibility for what is basically the Lord's work. That's right.
1: Man, I I I am just praying that like pastors listening to this, like something is just being like loosed in them hearing that, because I just wonder how many pastors are holding that and absorbing it. That's
0: too much mm-hmm. of a burden.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the Lord's church, and it's why you know I I talked to. Uh, younger ministers all the time, you're always kind of, you know, counseling and advising. I say, listen, I don't even have permission to get angry at people. They're not my people. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like what got Moses in trouble. <laughs> They're not yours to to be angry about what they do or what they not do, or what they don't do. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, as long as I don't claim ownership of it and I'm just a steward I just work for wow. the one who owns it it, it. it lessens my absorption of a burden that I'm not really able to carry.
2: Mm. It's too much. Mm. My my silence is me just listening. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just listening. You don't even have a right to get angry at your people. No, because because they're not yours. They're not yours. Those they are God's people, and you look
0: at them. I mean. You know, they come there, they're looking for God, your goal is to shepherd them, uh, you play a role, that's part of mm-hmm. our pastoral ethics, you know, they're projections on you. You know, I, I often talk about, I have we have in our tradition, pastor's anniversary, which is very important, because for the most part, we're underpaid. Right. Right. And that's where people get to make it up. <laughs> the birthday is one part of the year, the anniversary is the next part of the year, and that's how we are able to survive, you know. Wow. But but, but I often say, you know, so they're fundraisers, I mean, okay. you know, and, and, right. but, but um, I often say, and we've talked about this in Pastoral Ethics, that if you really believe what people have to get up and say about you at past anniversary, you're in trouble.
2: Yes, oh,
1: I remember you talking about that <laughs> in pastoral ethics. Yes, I and the remember, way they yes.
2: need to feel about yes, you, yes, you
1: know, yes. because
0: you know, so much of it is projection uh-huh. on what they feel about yep. God, and you're the representative, and you get some of that, but you're just really, again, you you're providing a role, and then as a pastor, the less dependent that people become on mm-hmm. you, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that at some point, um, you know, I think it was Rick Warren who said, I'm him him credit, he said, people that have heard you preach for seven years, they basically have heard everything you had to say. They've heard your stories, your reworked illustrations. And so at that point, they, in order for it to be meaningful, they have to be partners in the ministry with you. Hmm. Now they're discipling people.
1: Mm.
0: And that's the reason why they're there. They're not there to be fed so much as they're to help feed Whoa. and to nurture. Whoa. And that's, you know, and that is discipling and formation, which you talked about earlier. You know, you're in the business of forming people. It, 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 you know, when your church grows and you take in more people, you have to then to begin to focus on two groups. One, right. you focus on the you the lambs, the young, yeah. the, the young lambs uh-huh. that, I mean, they get attention. Right. Because uh, they don't have a lot, enough relationships right. to get right. what they need in right. the congregation. But then the other focus is on people who take care of people. Yes. So wow. I pastor people who take care of other people.
2: So the reason that it's uh, dangerous to listen to the accolades at anniversary celebrations and birthday celebrations is it, it puts it puts the pastor too much in the center. We yeah, you can't believe it. You can't <laughs> believe
0: it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, because there's other motivations. I mean, it's oh, not necessarily God. honest. I mean, it's more projection than I, it is anything else. Is I what had you're a, saying.
0: A great thing happened to me once. My, I had a group of members who had like a little catering or something and they had put on a Mother's Day a mother's function. All right. Around Mother's Day. And they had set up the fellowship hall. And so, you know, I went down there and noticed it wasn't entirely a church function and my wife and I, you know, and I noticed they had no seat for us. I mean that's I mean in the Black Baptist church there's no special nobody took us to a special seat.
2: (laughs) No that's (laughs) In, 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 in black culture the pastors kind of well, there's some the guy.
0: adoration there based right. on the, you know the, yeah. the norms and so you know uh no seat you, for you, you could grow accustomed and there's a uh, so i had a visiting pastor came on he was you know he was very uh, clear that his mother's had purchased a table and they had a seat for him so then i really got aggravated <laughs> And so then, you know, there was nowhere for us to sit. I'm nudging my wife. I'm saying, you know, look, they don't even have any place for us to sit. Then I went up through this uh, little side stairway to the office. And it's because I want to try to get her worked up, and she's looking at me like she often does, like you know, well, you know, Lord help help him, you know.
2: <laughs> I was getting ready to say
0: how we say in the culture, Lord help this Negro, you know, to find. And so I and so I'm I'm like. Um, I'm ranting in the office with her and I said you know it's like they don't know who I am and the Holy Spirit said yeah who are you Uh and that's when I went back Uh nobody. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, You know, it took me back to where, yeah. you, you know, where I found you and I made right. you, you know, and I brought you. Mm. And so I was I was convicted and I went down and found a place to see in and stood in the line and got my plate and enjoyed myself. Because mm. it was entirely clear to me that, um, you know, that 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 I
2: was beside myself. Mm. Oh, that's a great sentence. Mm. It was clear to me that I was beside myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you used to always say in the pastoral ethics class that there's always going to be people that come up to you after your sermon and tell you how amazing you are oh. and how amazing your sermon is. And that's the best sermon you've ever heard. And every time I hear that, I mean, on Sunday, you, every, every, <laughs> every pastor hears that on Sunday. Oh, oh, pastor, like yeah, really your, me, your preaching right? is just, you know. I always hear you in the back of my head. Uh,
0: you know, the the, the uh, it's a, it's such a great tradition that I've come out of. The So we have the joiners that come up after. So that's really the Holy Spirit's, you know, endorsement of the service. All right. It's when people respond. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I come to get saved or yeah. I come to restore my There's membership. So people, you are know. On the altar. They <laughs> walk the, uh, the aisle.
2: Yeah, that's and the so Holy, Holy Spirit's
0: that endorsement. That's the Holy Spirit's endorsement. and so you know so the way god has worked with me is i have these great sermons that have been incredible and uh nobody comes yeah and then the time i fall on my face i got a group called the mother's board and they were very frank with me one time i i loved it they you know the the president mother's board said now pastor we know just as well as when you didn't really study. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But to have those sermons when you think you didn't do and the people walk the aisles Mm. is when you hear the Lord saying, not by power, not by might, by my spirit. Goosebumps. Yeah, my
2: conclusion is I don't really know what a good sermon is because the ones I think are just going to, I mean, they're just going to be blown over by it. Mm -hmm. They're all looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about? And the ones I think, I don't know why anybody's listening to this. You don't know what people I have actually heard. That happened to me last heard. week? Uh, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. We don't I thought really I know. I preached
1: it. one of my worst sermons last week <laughs> and <laughs> folks responded I was like yeah. I, I, I don't even know. Anymore. I don't
2: even know. I have no <laughs> idea. This is spiritual. <laughs> it, it is. It is, but it is it is our our critics or those who do not treat us like the celebrities we sometimes think we ought to be treated. Mm-hmm who are the most beneficial. So that was a pretty formative experience for you to go to that mother's banquet and not have a seat. Oh my goodness, I still remember it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I remember. Yeah. I remember how
0: goofy I was more, <laughs> more, more than anything else, you know, didn't know who I am. And you know, cuz you know, my wife and I was mentioning we have our 40th wedding anniversary, you know, uh Sunday and so, you know, to have the the, the partner by your side who, you know, just Knows when to let you dangle. Yeah. I mean, because I was really trying to get her worked up. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. us, right? They, yeah. us, they not treating us. Right. And of course, she could care less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a lot more spiritually balanced than the pastor, quite often. Uh, our spouses
2: yeah. are so helpful to us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so, you, all right, Terbeth, you have a question. I'm sorry. Well,
1: you know, I'm just reflecting a little bit on that letter, you know. Uh, so as you said like that's that's normal like that that's seasonal. We and so I would imagine that you have felt those ups and those downs of pastoral ministry. Yeah. Could you speak to the valleys?
0: Oh my lord, you know the it, it's a couple of observations over time over 38 years. So right. you know I'm trying to work on my davidic uh you know, the lens of right. reigning seven years in Hebrew and mm. 33 in Jerusalem. I'm working on my 40, right? Mm. Um, and
1: um, what was the question? Yeah, the valley. Like, spe- you know, just those, some oh, yeah. of those valleys where you're just, how do you overcome discouragement? How do you overcome, like, you know, just that despair? despairing that pastors often feel and we my, question like why are we staying what are we doing what's the point
0: my experience is that we pastor in a culture
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so there are waves and mm-hmm. these are the conversations that I've had with other long term mm-hmm. pastors because we were taught that one of the greatest gifts you can give a church a people is a long term pastor mm-hmm. you know it's like you've been there long enough and some kid you know a 30 25 uh, year old says and this is you know the greatest pastor that I know, and I say I'm the only pastor. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but um, there's something mean? called waves. Go ahead. That you're not really controlling. Mm-hmm. It's like when people thought the Y two K, the world was going to end. Mm-hmm. The church is packed.
2: hmm.
0: Or the nine eleven. Yeah and the headline on the paper is god help us right cuz nobody knew what actually had happened right mm-hmm. you know we didn't know it was just box cutters right and a few people and so uh that 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 you know that that the terrorists had taken over a few planes and it was you know we 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 thought that we were you know it might have been more profound than that mm-hmm. so people were in churches mm-hmm. so the news and the culture helps create w- waves mm-hmm. And as pastors, we ride the waves, and we ride out the dissipation of the waves. So often, we're not causing the s- swelling in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we learn how to how to how to, when the wave comes, how to how to take those uh, increases and maximize them for the kingdom of God. But we're not causing it to happen.
2: But uh, okay, it's so how? D- so you said you learn how to not own the waves or the dissipation of the waves is how you say it, right? How do you not own that? How do you not take credit for when there's a big wave? And how do you not take responsibility for when the wave is dissipating? How do you keep from owning that? You're the, you're the person there. You're the, you're in the pulpit every Sunday. I mean, if there's I mean, you're the one who is responsible for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you not own it? Because you know that God is in control. Mm. Uh, that's that's too easy yeah. to answer. <laughs> well, <yeah.
0: laughs> I mean, it just happens. And you know you're not really driving it. And you mm-hmm. can tell us something in culture, in the times, in the community that's going on, that people are looking for answers, you mm. know. Uh, and so COVID was a was a was a a great opportunity for preaching. Mm-hmm. And many of it us was. preached to cameras. But we had such a attentiveness of people yeah. because people needed right. truth. Right. They needed a lens. They needed hope. encouragement. They needed hope. Yeah. So, you know, there are waves and that that we don't control. But we do have responsibility for maximizing it for the kingdom, you know. Okay. And then over time, I've learned that in long term pastorates, you, 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 you reinvent yourself several times. Yes. You know, yeah. your, your, your style or your emphasis can change over time uh, as, you, as you grow and you grow in your own relationship with the Lord. I, I really think, for me, passion has been like, I have had this adventure with God. And, uh-huh. and, and people tend to find that very
2: interesting. So by virtue of your staying at your church, Missionary Baptist Church, um, you have had to dig deep and you have had to rethink who you are as pastor and you have had to start over as pastor. Is that I, that's not your language? That was mine, but you you said reinvent yourself as a pastor. Live,
0: live, live. You obviously are growing, and people yeah. watch you grow. So I was a boy pastor, you know, right. twenty six years old, right. And so, and the first church I had was very small, and most of the people old enough to be my great grandparents. Yeah, so it, they was it was like. You know, this is my little old pastor, and they thought my wife and I—we just cute. They invited us to everything. You know? <laughs> so, I just want y'all to see. I was more like a mascot than a pastor. <laughs> uh,
2: I can identify. I sure can identify. They were so proud of us. <laughs> yeah, so proud of us.
0: But you know, but then you grow, and it's it's that you know, it's that maturing, that maturation that's the reinvention.
2: Okay. Yeah. You
0: live at you live deeper levels with God. Uh which is why when you reach a certain uh, you know place like the pastor uh in the letter, you might be at the height of your e- effectiveness
2: when toward the end, toward the end.
1: I um recently spoke with a pastor uh who's now retired and he said to me, he said I don't really think I knew how to pastor or really became a pastor until I was 40. So I'm 41. <laughs> so I've been at this a year. <laughs> so you've been at it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> been at it for a year. <laughs> Even though I started when I was 24. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're, you are in your mid-60s, right? I'm 65. You're 65. Year. And you've been pastoring this one church for thirty years. Yes. Right. And it's my second church. Second church. This church for thirty, but another church for seven. Eight and eight, and, a eight, half. Eight and a half. All right. So as so you obviously at sixty five cultural says you're thinking about retirement.
0: You know, I, I'm thinking about it. I I would if I could. There we Part go. Part of what's happening in my context is that, you know, I'm sorta of at the height of a certain productivity. So, in mm. a, to a community like mine, we have to do community development, right? Right. As a part of our witness. Yeah. Boy, when well, I'm at the height of that, we just won something called the Chicago Prize, which is like a ten million dollar grant from the Prisker Travert Foundation for wow. community development. And oh, We're going right. to talk about that. Forty. Two million dollar wellness center and another development of program that uh, we have called Off Redemption. The whole impact might be, you know, a fifty million dollar infusion, one hundred and fifty. So you know, it's because of the influence built over time. Yeah, yeah. And I have to shepherd that Mm
1: -hmm. through at
0: this point because those are my relationships. And when you've been out there a long time. You know, it's kind of like a person told me. Actually, it was Penny Pritzker's husband. All right, sitting next to him, and he wanted me to know that this uh, mutual acquaintance that we know, she was over the World Business Chicago or something, and apparently she was the one really pulling for me. And he told me, he said, "I want you to know that," you know, this woman said, "It's about time Reverend Hatch wins something." Mm. <laughs> wow! And so it's it's totally transformative mm-hmm. for my community, mm-hmm. but it takes uh, you know Wayne Gordon and our good friends Coach, right? and we always chuckled uh, over the years, say you know the Lord can really do something with you if you give the Lord about forty years.
2: <laughs> 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 once the you Lord.
0: get once you get there, you know now I've got uh, you where I need you to be to be the ultimate of productivity, where this was headed for maximum impact.
2: Well, you yeah, you and I have chatted about uh, longevity and ministry, and we're about the same age. I'm a little bit older. I won't say how much, but um, I've been pastoring uh, forty almost forty years, or uh, well, maybe more. I have to I have to count them up. Um, uh, but you and I have chatted, and I have shared with you that that sometimes it feels like I am just now figuring out what it means to pastor. I'm just now figuring out how to pastor. Uh, which is kind of what you're saying. And and you and I have chatted, and you said, there's yeah. no way you can retire. You're at the height of your productivity.
0: And and, and training, you know, being yeah. in a place to develop the next generation of mm-hmm. pastors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you know I, re- I remember the, f- the first time, I can't remember how many years ago it was, I went to this funeral, and this uh, young uh, pastor, preacher gets up to give me a seat, and he's calling me, sir. And I said to myself, I think I crossed over. Huh. You know, I'm certain now. And so, um, yeah, it 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 is um a great opportunity to help train the next generation to try to uh you know, pull yourself into the ones that will be coming behind us and you you're just in a perfect position to um to, to train
2: and to pass off. Hmm. We're, uh, uh, I mean, so you're, so you're staying 30 years is directly related to what you said at the very beginning of this podcast, that, uh, this is not your church. These are not your people. You do not have a right to be mad at them. And, um, so you're stewarding the church is what has enabled you and empowered you to stay Thirty years, because otherwise we get into this uh, treadmill driven by the tyranny of others' expectations,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it just is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you're not going anywhere, as far as you're concerned. You have work ahead of you. I mean, I'm I'm
0: closer than than I'm letting on. Right. But you know, it. it um. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Y- you you really have to. stay close to you know the leading of the spirit and it shouldn't be right based on what somebody else is doing correct because every one of us have a different a a specific context right that um that is very specific to us and our calling you know i when i was a young young preacher you know the little group i was in they were really some really sharp people and i was probably least likely to succeed Hmm. And I, I remember asking God. What I admired was longevity. Uh huh. And I've come to discover: be careful what you ask for, because mm-hmm. God is gonna give you exactly what you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I knew, I knew preachers who want the biggest building, the biggest church. And you know what they got? They got that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little hard to fill those seats mm-hmm. post COVID. Yeah, it might be an albatross. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just I asked for longevity. And that's what I've gotten. I asked for inner city ministry. I asked for social justice impact. I was um, you know, simply um taken with the ministry of, of Martin King and mm-hmm. others who, you know, Adam Powell, yes. you know, sort of mm-hmm. the the one namers from our, our tradition, Adam Martin, you know. Uh and so I've gotten essentially what I asked for, which is why I try not to do a lot of complaining because the Lord will remind me. I mean, I gave you what you asked for. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, we're going to talk about your work uh, at your church in the next episode. Uh, And so I'm so grateful. There were a couple of mic drops in this session that just kind of silenced us. So we're going to continue this next time uh, as we talk to Marshall, as he prefers to be called about his work in the inner city out of the Missionary Baptist Church, New Mount Pilgrim Missionary (laughs) Baptist Church. So we're going to continue this conversation. So thank you, sir. Thank Thank you so much. Thank Thank you.
1: And friends, may the Lord bless you and this work uh, that God has called us to. And may we all walk the path of longevity. Until next time.